You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Uh, episode four here for the week. Uh, we're going to work out and try to get you either uh, another one out either later tonight, Friday night, or out for Saturday morning. So just a heads up with that. Uh, the weather here has been treacherous. Like I mentioned yesterday, the heat wave going through Jersey again last night for about three, four hours. No power from about 1 in the morning till almost 4.30 in the morning. Uh, got pretty hot up in the house here last night here in New Jersey. Uh, your host, Jeff Lloyd. Uh, we're going to get here today. Uh, obviously, yesterday we did the you know uh, potential and the pitfall, uh, pitfalls of the you know, offensive positional unit. We're going to do that again today, giving my, you know, my thoughts here ahead of training camp on the defensive side of the ball here today. Obviously, we'll get to the defensive line. We'll get to the linebacker unit. We'll get to the secondary as well. Uh, obviously, yesterday we got a first taste of you know real, live, professional sports, Major League Baseball back in action. And fittingly enough, they were only able to get five and a half innings in down in Washington, D.C. as Mother Nature Put a damper, uh, you know, on our first taste of you know, real sports. Uh, Dodgers, Giants, obviously, we were able to get in a nine-inning game. My Mets back in action today. To all you Cleveland fans, your Indians back in action today as well. Um, rookies today, you we're obviously everything is so much different here. Um, you are going to start to get, I guess, what is what is a reporting date, I guess, for rookies today. Here's the way it pretty much works. Um, the rookies will come in. They will get their COVID-19 testing today. Um, no testing Saturday and Sunday. The players will come in again on Monday and be, you know, take their test for COVID-19. If the players, and for all the players who are negative on today's test and the players that are negative on Monday's test, um, they are welcome into the facility on Tuesday. Uh, you know, start you know learning the building. You know, getting a little bit more familiar. You know, face to faces, so so to speak, with masks on, of course, uh, with the staff here. So that's you know how we are starting to begin training camp. You know, obviously rookies always arrive a little earlier. Um, so this will be the case here. You know, COVID tests today, COVID tests on Monday. Uh, everybody gets their green light. Um, they walk into the building on Tuesday, and you know, starting uh, start to get to work. So that is where that is at. Uh, getting to the potential and the pitfalls of positional units. We are going to start with the defensive line. Um, anybody who has been a longtime listener of Locked On Browns, while well, I have been the host of this show since 2017, I am a big, big proponent of the defensive line. Uh, I, I want lots of players. I want lots of players who can play. I want lots of players who can contribute. The ability to be able to rotate players out, and this might even mean getting them off the field one down early as opposed to one down late to keep them fresh. It's, you know, for me, defensive line play, look, I mean, quarterback's on his butt. You know, it doesn't matter what your linebackers do. It doesn't matter what your secondary does. Uh, in order to be able to, you know, dominate the line of scrimmage, um, it just makes you know, the defense home so much easier. Um, you know, Joe Woods, obviously, this is part of his premise here, mixed with the secondary. But you look at what they have done now, finally, on this defensive line in adding depth, adding talent. I mean, Miles Garrett, it speaks for itself, obviously, with the contract extension, five years, $125 million. Statistically, if not the top, one of the top edge rushers in today's NFL, still just a pup in age. Uh, the technique continues to grow each season with just the immense, athletic, talented freak that Miles Garrett is. Uh, the only you know time missed last year, obviously due to the transgression. You know Miles is not 
that type of guy. That is not Miles' MO. This is not something we're overly concerned about being an issue going further. You pair him, obviously, with his running mate on the other side, Olivier Vernon. It is now worked out you know, that he will have at least one year here in Cleveland. It's the same old story with Olivier. You get a solid uh, player who grades out well, can get after the passer, but Olivier's Vernon's issue in the NFL has been he gets dinged, um, you know, whether it's ankle, whether it's a knee, and you know, last year obviously missed a significant amount of time, and his injuries co- uh, coincided with Miles' suspension, which obviously caused some severe, severe problems for this defensive line. Olivier, hopefully healthy. You know, you talk maybe getting 14, 15, hey, even maybe 16 games out of him. You want to put that duo and rank them with the top edge duos in the NFL. You're probably talking the potential of top five here as far as what Olivier is able to do. And it's not always just sack numbers with Olivier. It's the potential to just play the position correctly, um, technically sound, you know, not getting, you know, you know, held down inside, getting outside, making running backs cut inside of you, setting the edge. So hopefully looking for a big year of those two. You go to your defensive tackle duo. Sheldon Richardson was probably an underrated signing, and maybe some of the reason it was underrated last year was just due to the fact that, you know, it started going really, really poorly. But, you know, towards the end of the season, he was your most consistent defensive lineman. The ability still is there for Sheldon Richardson to play from the inside, can play outside. If you're looking at a straight D tackle, he's quick. Um, quick enough, obviously, where that can translate. If you want to use him in edge op or, you know, edge situations, you can as well. Larry Ogunjobi is the interesting one here. This is Larry's final year on his rookie deal here with Cleveland. Larry Ogunjobi just continues to cut weight. And, you know, anybody knows about Larry, knows you know, his stance on this and you know, what he kind of, you know, battled as a child as far as being overweight here. Just, you know, shedding weight, you know, more muscle in hopes of adding more quickness. The Aaron Donald model that so many defensive tackles are trying to adapt now where it used to just be years ago of, you know, 320, 330-pound defensive ta- uh, tackles who were just straight pluggers and anchors in there. Larry Ogunjobi looking to hopefully make a name for himself with his quickness and just overall strength here. We've seen flashes of it. Um, we'll see where Larry is here, and you know it could lead to you know a you know a very big year where maybe either the money comes from somewhere else. But it's going to be interesting. You know, Larry is probably you know the I, I don't want to say pitfall and label him a bat because I am so much so confident in this defensive line this year. But what you can get from Larry Ogunjobi this year and whether or not he can main, maintain consistency over 16 games is huge. Now you start to get to the reserves. Uh, you know obviously the signing of Andrew Billings here. Andrew Billings is more of the traditional interior defensive tackle. Big, strong, just a menace. But keep in mind, Andrew Billings, when he was coming out of Baylor, you know, before the injury started to take the toll on him, one of the more athletic men for his size. And let's not even talk about the strength where, you know, as a high school, uh, whereas a 16-year-old high school uh, student in Texas uh, won the, you know, Texas high school strength competition and beat a record once held by Olympian Mark Henry. Andrew Billings was a really nice signing to uh, fit in with the rest of this group here. You know, Sheldon Athletic, Larry getting more and more athletic, um, you know, and quicker as the years go on. And you have that big bull ox who can move a little bit here with Andrew Billings as well. Uh, Rookie Jordan Elliott, this is a great situation for a third-round pick. Normally in the past, Cleveland Brown rookies were put into a situation where they were just asked from jump, you know, to come in and be big-time contributors. Whatever success Jordan Elliott has this year is going to be gravy on it to get something out of your fourth defensive tackle. 10, 15 snaps a week. Maybe that'll you know that'll graduate and grow as the season goes on here. But Jordan Elliott, another player on the interior, um, just a player to get to grow and in a great situation where there is essentially 
possibly not a defensive tackle on the roster for 2021. So Jordan Elliott could certainly earn his keep here early. Uh, getting the reserve edge rushers. Adrian Claiborne was just a really, really nice signing. Established player. He's done some really good things in the NFL in his time. Obviously only plays on one side of the ball here, but allows you the flexibility to move Miles Garrett around um, which is, you know, things he's done in the past year. You didn't see it so much last year, but Miles Garrett has that ability, and it'll come from a player of Adrian Claiborne's stature. My sleeper and my, I think somebody that has the potential to break out, and I've talked about this numerous times, Porter Gustin out of University of Southern California. You go back two years ago, and I've mentioned this before, Porter was considered a top 45, top 50 prospect for the 2019 NFL draft. Injuries befuddled his last year in Los Angeles at SoCal. So, uh, you know, obviously a, a test for, uh, you know, I believe it was Adderall at the NFL Combine certainly didn't help. But, you know, Browns brought him in about midseason last year when the injuries were starting to mount up on the defense, then Miles suspension. Porter Gustin played, you know, pretty admirably well. And he is just a freak, freak athlete as well here. He fits with this group. And these eight guys on the defensive line that I've mentioned to this point, what we're talking about is all athletic guys, all able to contribute uh, in their roles here, and seven out of eight guys other than Billings have shown the ability to get to the quarterback. So uh, I'm really, really liking this unit. Um, I, li- I love the potential of it for the first time in all these years of covering this team four seasons now of what this defensive line can do. I- I'm really, really excited about the prospects of the defensive line here for the 2020 Cleveland Browns. We're going to get to the linebacker position. We're going to get to the secondary position. Uh, Right now, we've got this from Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of makes, whether it's Fiat, whether it's Kia, and the models of Pacifica XTS, it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless or or seemingly intimidating questions? Is your Odyssey an LX or an EX, and wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing the only brand brand his warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. One reason to repair and maintain your cars is to save money that you can use for other important things like the mortgage or food, and especially in these trying times. Why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or a new car dealership? A random example here is the Delphi FG1456 fuel pump assembly for a 2005 to 2010 Honda Odyssey. $353 at advanced at Advanced Auto, big chain store, obviously, or $216.80 at rockauto.com. Yes, this is real. No, we are not making this up. Check it out at rockauto.com. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in there. How do you hear it? How did you hear about us, Box? So they know we sent you an amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts you will ever need. Rockauto.com. We're going to get to the linebacker unit here. And obviously, you know, this is obviously the wild card of this defense. There's just no way around it. Uh, You have a veteran that was signed in the, you know, obviously over here in the offseason in B.J. Goodson. You have two holdover second-year players in Mack Wilson, who got a whole lot of playing time last year. It wasn't necessarily the plan, but it was the the way it worked out. Sione Taki Taki, obviously the reps on defense were limited. Uh, you have a rookie in Jacob Phillips. These are probably the four mainstays. You know, maybe five, six linebackers make 
uh, the 2020 Browns roster. But you look at it, and this is where it's going to come from. You have B.J. Goods in your traditional run stuffer. Um, Coverage-wise, it's just not a strong suit. You really can't ask for him a lot there. Um, with the Browns, and obviously this doesn't matter with the new regime, the most established player here, as far as Cleveland Brown, is Mac Wilson here. You're looking for growth in year two. Um, you know, Mac's coverage was supposed to be a strong point, and to say that he struggled as a fifth-round rookie, it's fair, it's fine. It's it's more than acceptable. Uh, you know, Like I said, a fifth-round rookie linebacker wasn't supposed to play a ton of snaps. Were there times where the game got too big for him? Were there's time where his head was on a swivel? And certainly... The defense not having any stability to it as far as the players who were out there didn't help a young player like Mac Wilson. You were looking for uh, the potential of Mac Wilson to become a better two-way linebacker. You think that the coverage will start to get more comfortable in in year two. Um, but the run, uh, the run fits, the run stops where he is supposed to be as far as what his assignment is on you know, running plays. That's the key here for Mac Wilson and the potential of the player that he can be in 2020. There's probably a lot of ho- high hopes for Mac Wilson, uh, you know, from a lot of fans, and that's understandable. Um, for me, I just do have some pause and hesitation. Um, again, it's one of those things, you know, that we talk about maybe even with the Jedrick Wills. Until you've seen a player at some point perform some things, you have to say it's a question. You know, Mac struggled a lot in the run game last year. Let's see what happens here in year two. Um, obviously, the dedication and you know it's all over his social media. The amount of work he puts in, and I don't think anybody tries harder to get better than Mac Wilson. So we'll see if this all comes to fruition here in 2020 for the second year linebacker out at Alabama. Sione Takitaki, uh, interesting selection in that he was drafted ahead of Mac Wilson last year. Once Christian Kirksey went down, and that was the end of Christian Kirksey's 2019 season, you would think the player who was drafted a little higher, the player who was a little bit older, and Sione Takitaki would have been the guy to answer the bell. They went to Mac Wilson. Sione Takitaki, uh, similar to B.J. Goodson, and he's that big, tough thumper as far as an, as far as an inside linebacker. Um, how does that translate into a defense where Joe Woods himself has said he wants to be nickel, he wants to go heavy, heavy dime? So you wonder with Sione Takitaki where he fits into this. You can use him with his size and his quickness if you put him there. He's got familiarity with it with his days in uh, you know, Provo at Brigham Young where he did play some edge. So it's going to be interesting what you do with Sione Takitaki because I don't think the Browns really want to have any type of look this year where it's just, oh, we're going to do this to take the run away, or, or this is what we're going with. It, it's going to be uniformality. They want to play the linebackers who they have the most confidence in as run stuffers and in their coverage ability. You know, like we said with Mac, you think the you know the the pass coverage is going to come back to what it was. You know, he's going to need to work on you know the run defense. Sione Takitaki, you know, the run defense in a small small sample, you know, seemed pretty good here. Didn't get to see much out of him coverage-wise. So how does this work out here? Um, both these players have something to work on as far as what you know determines their amount of snaps at the position. Now we get to obviously my guy, and uh, you know obviously you know with Phillips, with Jacob Phillips, you know a player I had highly touted, I wanted here in Cleveland. I thought he would be a great fit for Cleveland. Um, what he did last year at LSU. 
uh, you know, from beginning of the season to the end of the season, you know, towards the end of the year, Patrick Queen was the one getting the pub and the recognition. For me, I thought Jacob Phillips was the more consistent consistent player in 2019, you know, down in Baton Rouge. As far as the run game, he knows what he's doing. He knows his run fits. He fills the holes at 100%, 100 miles an hour he gets there. You know, uh, the athleticism checked out. Um, you're going to talk to about the possibility where he's going to have to run, you know, chase after a Mark Ingram as far as receiving times where he's going to have to chase after a Joe Mixon as a receiver. The athletic ability should translate, showed at the combine that the athleticism is there to do these types of things that are going to be asked of him in Joe Woods' vision of this heavy nickel, heavy dime scheme. And for me, I'm going to say it again, and I know some people disagree and Jacob Phillips is going to end up being the best linebacker on the 2020 Cleveland Browns. Uh, unless, you know, other players make a huge, huge leap in their games. I just don't see how it's not Jacob Phillips playing with all those beasts that he played with down in LSU with what he's going to be able to get to play with here, understanding his role, knowing what his role is, and can, you know doing it and following through to the letter. Jacob Phillips is going to be my guy here, number 50. I'm really, really excited for what this player can bring. Look, this group as a whole, yes, it probably looks like, you know, you would probably say not potential as much as you would maybe say pitfall because the group is not a deep group. But that is not the part and the vision of this plan for this defense right now. But you're going to need something. You're going to need a Jacob Phillips and a Mac Wilson. You're going to need a Jacob Phillips and a Sione Takitaki. These young guys are going to have to be able to, to show Joe Woods and show this franchise that they can do what they're asked of, even if there isn't going to be the traditional 4-3 look here. These guys got to be able to run. they got to be able to tackle well. Um, with only having you know, one linebacker on the field or two linebackers on the field, you get in positions where you know you didn't get Mark Ingram in the hole at three yards, or you didn't get Joe Mixon, you know, on the outside, which had only been a three-yard game, and now these guys are running loose in your secondary with all the talent they got. The key is these guys got to be able to tackle. You cannot have the missed tackles from this linebacker unit. And it's going to be interesting how it all plays out for this linebacker group. For me, the most fascinating one to watch grow in this season, what the defensive line can do is going to be special. But what this linebacker unit will be in 2020 is anybody's game. And it's certainly going to make for a great, great storyline for the 2020 Cleveland Browns. We've talked D-line. We've talked linebackers as we're cruising through here on Lockdown Browns. We got sports back. Uh, just want to thank everybody. Uh, you know, the numbers are going up here again. I think as everybody's starting to realize, maybe there is the realness of getting a 2020 Cleveland Browns season. If you were not subscribed on Spotify or iTunes, now is a fantastic time to rectify that. Go ahead and smash that subscribe button. Uh, ratings and reviews. I love the written reviews, guys. If you can help me out with those, keep those coming here. Obviously, they help with the growth of the show and the show success. I truly, truly thank you for that. Go ahead and slap a five-star uh, rating on that for me as well. Uh, you know, I appreciate that. Again, it just helps with the overall success of Lockdown Browns. Now we get to the secondary, and obviously, like I mentioned here, and as Joe Woods has told us, this is going to be a heavy, heavy secondary unit. He wants to play a lot of defensive backs, nickel, dime, 
predominantly is where he's hoping this defense trends to. You have your traditional shutdown cornerback in Denzel Ward. And I know a lot of these top 10 lists are coming out now at you know positional groups throughout the league. Um, you know, Denzel Ward on some people's didn't make the top 10. Guys, these lists are, you know, look, they're made for talking points. Um, everybody's going to view things differently. Do I believe the Browns have their number one shutdown cornerback with a player like Denzel Ward? Absolutely. Um, after the injury last year, when he came back, once the hamstring got right, we saw the player that we saw in 2018. The tackling got better with Denzel Ward. Um, I, I, I'm a huge Denzel Ward fan. I think we even saw it towards the end of the season where teams were just opting not even to bother going after Denzel Ward. They respected the ability. They respected the talent. And now, in year three, I don't think that's going to change for anybody. Greedy Williams. Greedy Williams, it was interesting last year. Greedy Williams... Uh, in the scattering reports coming out of LSU, you know, what it concerned people was, you know, the tackling, which led to him being a second round selection. He actually tackled pretty well. Um, I, I think the coverage was a little bit lacking. And I think that was the part that surprised some people. I know the numbers are better. Sometimes you got to read in between the numbers, only one, t- you know, touchdown pass allowed. But, you know, there were a lot of times where he had some difficulties. Um, was it due to the fact that he missed a month um, was it due to the fact, you know, that the they were the Browns defense was on the field a ton? Um, you know, that whole month he missed. You got to think about all that practice time missed. But you know, Greedy Williams in year two, you're going to expect for a bounce back here, and you're going to expect you have that nice duo at the cornerback position. If Greedy Williams struggles at times, there is competition with, within this cornerback group. You know, look, Terrence Mitchell. It's going to be weird how this works out with Terrence Mitchell. Terrence Mitchell has always done everything that's asked of him here, but this wasn't an inherited player. This wasn't anybody they brought in. I've always been a fan of T. Mitch. You know, I think the length at the position is really, really always served him well. Again, another solid tackler at the position. But there are some guys they brought in here, and there are some guys younger, you know, possibly, you know, chomping at the bit here for more reps. So it's going to be, you know, how Terrence Mitchell plays out as far as the 2020 Browns in the secondary it's it's going to be interesting. Kevin Johnson. Uh, I was a enormous Kevin Johnson fan when he was coming out of Wake Forest. I absolutely loved the player. Obviously, his time at Houston, marred, marred by injuries. Uh, gets to Buffalo last year, and it all goes right for him. You know, finds the fountain of health, so to speak. Gets to play all 16 games. A lot of people thought maybe Kevin Johnson was brought here to play nickel. Doesn't play a ton, a ton of nickel, you know, with his length. His size, he's more. He's, you're going to want to keep him on the outside. I still think that there's a possibility that there's going to be certain weeks where teams, are, you know, are, you feast from the slot, so to speak, the oppositions, where we're going to get Denzel Ward inside more than we think we are. Um, when you have to solve a, an issue and it's tearing you up, and you know you're giving up tons and tons of yards and completions, uh, you know, if it's from the slot, take your best guy. And go eliminate that issue. And I think with the makeup of this secondary and the size that is here, for me, I'm thinking a lot that we're going to see Denzel Ward play nickel more than any anybody else thinks. Uh, a couple of young ones here. Tavier Thomas has done nothing but excel on special teams in his time here with the Cleveland Browns. I think that alone gets him on this roster. Um, but look, at some point, you've got to see if a player can give you more. And, you know, to Tavier Thomas's credit, he's done everything that's asked of him. He's gotten some reps in the secondary. It's going to be time to see whether or not, you know, in year three, do you, is there more there? 
Can he play? Can he be a you know functional piece in the secondary? 15, 20 snaps per week. Like I said, with all this nickel and dime, you can't just rely on you know your first five or six defensive backs going out there and going wire to wire, bell to bell, week in, week out. You want to be able to rotate these guys. You want to be able to uh, you know bring in fresh guys. And the other thing is Tavier Thomas to play special teams. You got to have a nasty streak to you. You got to be physical. And Tavier Thomas has shown that to this point on special teams could be an opportunity here for maybe him to supplant a Ter- Terrence Mitchell and eat into some of that veterans playing time. AJ Green, we've spoken about before. You know, AJ Green here is another one of these cornerbacks, six foot one, long arms, didn't test very well, pretty similar to the player that Terrence Mitchell is. Um, so they had a lot of faith in him. You know, like I said before, they made him the highest paid uh, Browns undrafted free agent ever. Um, there's going to be a role here um, for him. He's going to be on this team. So the question is going to be, is there going to be playing time early? Could he end up being one of these guys that is not on the game day roster early in the season? But the Browns are going to give A.J. Green an opportunity here, a big opportunity here to make an impact on this defense. It may come later in the season, certainly possible, but they love the length. They love the size. This is you know kind of what they're going for here. And like I said a little bit earlier, you know, you're going to maybe get these bigger, longer guys on the outside where you have the flexibility to use Denzel Ward as you see fit and maybe eliminate whatever may be the biggest threat of that day. So the potential of the cornerback unit, and obviously we're going to get to the safety unit here. The safety unit, whether it's going to be four guys, whether it's going to be five guys, obviously you, you hit this unit hard with new players to the Browns. Andrew Sandejo. Um, Andrew Sandejo was a, you know, similar to Tavier Thomas, was a special team player, eventually found a way to get a role here, to get a bigger role here. And with time, he's developed. He is very, very smart. I don't know how much he's going to play here, just because I think the the younger guys are better athletes. Um, but they brought him here for a reason. But you look at Sadeo, you know, can play free, you know, can cover a little bit out of the slot. He's pretty physical, um, tackles well here, and you're going to want a veteran with this group. Yeah, Carl Joseph would be considered a veteran, but you know, Carl Joseph over his career to this point has missed a ton, a ton of time. Uh, Carl Joseph, you go back to the days at West Virginia, um, you know, could play, you know, deep center safety, and just had the ability to annihilate people. The thing I loved about Carl Joseph was he wouldn't just tackle. He wouldn't just hit. He ran through you. And a player like that is just a special, special guy here. Um, I think he's going to play more of a strong safety here, closer to the line of scrimmage, um, with the tackling ability he has, tight end matchups, things of that nature. So I'm excited for Carl Joseph. If Browns can get a healthy Carl Joseph, it'd be fantastic to see what this guy can do over a full season, 16, 15, 16 games, and see exactly just how much or where that potential has come with a player of Carl Joseph's talent. Sheldrick Redwine got to play towards the end of last year, and over the last month or so, you know, he was starting to play really, really well in what was a really, really shaky defense, what was a really, really shaky secondary. Um, can do pretty much everything. Obviously, his time at, at free safety, you know, playing, you know, basically, you know, on the roof, so to speak, he had some struggles with that. But around the line of scrimmage, his tackling ability, it was there. You're looking for a more confident player here in year two. He kind of did everything at the safety position down in Miami. Runs really fast. Hits pretty well. Sheldrick Redwine's going to be a bigger part of the safety group this year that I think most fans are anticipating just due to all the acquisitions made. Grant Talbot. There's not enough superlatives to survive to, to talk about a player of Grant Delpit. Um, I, I don't 
want to listen to anybody with the tackling issues last year. They were injury-related. It was really over a three- to four-week stretch where he just was not 100%. Once he was healthy, everything came back. You know, five-star recruit back in the day has done everything down at LSU. Can play you know, on the roof, so to speak, that deep safety. Can cover the slot, guys. Can cover tight ends. Willing tackler when he's 100% healthy and he doesn't necessarily get beat because his footwork's not right. Grand tell, but again, it's it, 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 for me, it's a steal pick to get him in round two. You guys heard me and Pete talk about it during draft season. I just never thought he would find a way to be there in round two. I think with Grant Talbot, you were talking serious, serious possibilities as a defensive rookie of the year and getting him where they did at pick 49. Obviously, huge for them, but I am pick 45, rather, but I am really, really looking forward to Grant Talbot. I love what this secondary can be. The pitfalls are going to be can Greedy Williams step, step up in that second, you know, as that number two corner. If you don't have an established number two corner here, those could be some issues. In the safety position, I think it's going to be Carl Joseph and his health. Uh, if you can get him and you can keep him healthy, I think now you are talking playing a uh, secondary where maybe you have confidence in eight, nine, ten guys, which fits Joe Wid's scheme of wanting to play all these defensive backs. Really, really excited of what this Browns defense can be in 2020. That's all we got for now. Obviously, there's some news we'll get to you with the next episode we do with the, uh, you know, uh, obviously, you know, Kevin Rogers coming on in here, an old friend of Kevin Stefanski. We'll get to all that coverage of covering that stuff and more here. Uh, make sure you're following the show at Locked On Browns on Twitter. DMs are open. Follow back account. Your guys' input makes for uh, the ability for me to put out great content. I thank you guys for that. Me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. DMs are open over there as well. Anything, again, you guys got questions, ideas for the show, just want to talk, and you're not big on social media, that's fine. Hit me up in the DMs. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LLB. Let's go Browns.